0: podcast. This is episode number 12. I'm Jenny Randolph.
1: And I'm Dita Randolph. And I'm just so impressed that we have 12 episodes of this thing. Yeah, that's nice. Pretty cool. It's a good it's a good number, obviously, and feels pretty good. As we gather around this time, I have to say that I am still like a, a great number of people in this great land of ours, recovering from daylight savings time.
0: Yeah, it's not bothering me so much this time. I'm not, maybe it's because I was off on my sleeping schedule and so it sort of forced me to get back on a sleeping schedule. Mm. But it is bothering me that it's like really dark in the mornings. It's super dark. It's not right.
1: I do like it that we get more of the sunrise you know, on our walks, we it's dark when we start our walks in the morning, and then we really get to see the whole sunrise, uh, that sort of thing. And that's nice on our walks in the morning, but I'm still having – like right now as we record this, it's a little bit before 7 o'clock, and that's not appropriate. It's not the right time for this.
0: Well, it's still very bright outside, yeah. but see, the thing is, is, it should feel like about quarter to six, so you should be a little bit more awake. You should yeah. feel more. You should feel more affected in the morning. So. My coping
1: mechanism is to just automatically feel more tired and want to eat chocolate. No I no think you. What.
0: I think it might just be an excuse for you to. I don't know what you have bad about. habits, but I did see that you can like reprogram. It's a really, really good time to reprogram your VCR. sleeping. No. No, who has VCR anymore? Your age is showing. No, it's a really, really good time to sort of reprogram your sleep cycle. It's it's a nice thing to kind of try to do because you're sort of forced to do that anyway. I don't know. I don't seem to be too affected by it. Our son is super affected by it. It is kicking his butt. I don't know what it is about him. He's 18
1: years old. He doesn't sleep in a normal pattern anyway and... He slept
0: yeah. till one in the afternoon the other day because he didn't have I couldn't class. I could do
1: that if there was money in it for me. There's no way I could sleep that long. It's, it's, and I'm still growing too, you know. Talking of bad habits though, uh, one of the bad habits that has, that has just infiltrated our lives is a show called The Man in the High Castle.
0: We binged it.
1: Was it Amazon? Yeah, it's Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. And it was, it's, a lot of people have been talking about it. We're a little bit late to the game. The first and second seasons have been out for a while and they have not put out. The third season comes out at some point. I don't even think they started filming it or whatever. No,
0: I think that both of them, the first season was released fall of 2015 uh, season two was released fall of 2016. Yeah, and we ate so, all of them Right, and I think that the third season is set for sometime fall of, of this right. year. Um, So I don't think we were really super late on, like, season well, two. Well, we just found out about a but,
1: two-year-old show, is my point.
0: Look, I'm trying to justify <laughs> this habit. No, just, no,
1: we missed it. Okay. But I have to say, it's we, we heard about it, and it's based on some... Uh, a novel by Philip K. Dick, and even if you don't know the name, he has written so many things that have become movies that you know about, like Total Recall, Blade Runner, uh, Minority Report, Paycheck, on and on and on. So many science fiction ideas are based on things that he's written. And there's always a, a spiritual element, there's always an otherworldly metaphysical Alternate reality. It's never just like a futuristic shoot-em-up kind of thing.
0: No, it's not typical sci-fi.
1: No, no And he's he's up there with Robert Heinlein or Isaac Asimov mm-hmm. in my opinion There's some really interesting things, but also if you read about Philip K. Dick super weird guy But just he wasn't really living here the plot of man the high castle has to do with what happened if the Allied forces lost World War two and America is taken over by the Japanese and the Nazis and all of that but there's this alternate reality which is more like our reality where the quote unquote good guys won and it's sort of leaking through.
0: Well, it's interesting because it takes place in the ni- early 1960s mm-hmm. and the whole Pacific coast. I think there's a neutral zone that kind of like is 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 the Rockies basically is the neutral zone so you got Colorado, Wyoming, you know all of all of that right down The middle and then everything to the east of that is nazi controlled and then everything to the west of that is japanese controlled and there's some interesting things about having the japanese and the nazis so close together and having to be allies in that way and
1: the differences in their ideologies and the role of even religion comes up for them and it's really that's interesting too the author philip k dick was supposed to write a sequel but he said he couldn't do it because he couldn't bear to read any more about the nazis and i get that because there are parts of this show that are really hard for me to watch
0: oh yeah it's it's very um what's the name of the uh show that they're always
1: watching oh it's called american reich it's a cop show it's a cop show like dragnet yeah yeah but the idea that that could be normalized is horrifying you know that sort of thing but what's interesting is the uh, there's a lot of interesting things but the 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 TV show doesn't do it in exactly this way but i was reading about the books that the TV show is based on and one of the ideas is that whether in in the TV show it comes through in terms of films that that are being made but in the in the book it's novels that are being written by this man in the high castle but they tell a story of the allied forces winning and freedom and peace and justice and that sort of thing and the idea that's coming out is that truth itself is wanting things to go a different way and it's sort of pushing the envelope and people's perceptions are changing and this alternate reality which is more like our reality is pushing through the other alternate reality of the show it gets very confusing but issues of belief faith activism nobility what it means to be good is it what society says is good or what your heart says these are deep issues and what it means to fight you know, for what's right, there's a lot going on there. And it's especially apropos right now, I think.
0: Yeah, it was fantastic. I'm, I'm glad that we found it just kind of looking around, seeing, you know, what we hadn't watched yet. And I'm, I can't wait till the third season. I'm totally, yeah, I'm, in. I'm, I'm in. I'm totally hooked on it. Totally, totally there. Yeah,
1: this is better than The Young Pope. I have to say a, a, a dirty habit that I have just gotten done with is I just solved a video game that I've been playing a lot, and so I actually have a little bit more free time in my life. The video game is called Dishonored, and it's actually Dishonored 2. The other Dishonored came out a couple years ago. The beautiful thing about Dishonored is that you can play the whole game without killing anybody. You and like you, that. You, well, you know me. I'm, I don't even like to pretend to shoot anybody. And in this game, you get you get a better ending. The world is better if you just knock people unconscious or even better sneak around and they never know you're there. That kind of thing. I'm not great at it, and there's a lot of times when I jump out and the bad guy sees me and I punch him in the nose and then choke him until he goes unconscious and run away.
0: <laughs> the, the game
1: is supposed to be played with more finesse, but but I'm not an 18-year-old, and I don't have that, that skill set. But it's so awesome to play something where you don't have to kill anybody. Those games are out there in the world, although they're not incredibly... Uh,
0: Usually it's Nintendo that puts out the games that you don't have to go you know, like Mario or you know, things of Mario Kart is big in our house. There's and, a
1: lot of squashed mushrooms, you know. Yeah, Mario. yeah.
0: No. I don't think that I don't, I don't think, think that counts. No. No, I don't think that counts. But we're big video game people anyway.
1: Well, it sort of takes the place of You know, people playing Monopoly or whatever, we'll play a video game together, the four of us and stuff like that because we're nerds.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. But do you remember years and years ago and you were working um, at an an, (laughs) actually an office job? I know exactly
1: what you're going to say. That's all you had to say to bring me back there.
0: And it was the first Godfather game where you actually had to like take over neighborhoods and shake people down whatever. Yeah, and, do and whatever. you guys, the
1: three of you were playing that game, because we homeschooled our kids, so everybody was home all the time. And this was my first day job where I was out of the house. And mm-hmm. so I'd have to go into this office. And actually, we wrote a little bit about me doing this awful job in our book, Branching In. But I was so bored, and I was not cut out for corporate America and the whole cubicle thing. And I missed you guys so much. It was just awful
0: well we missed you too but we had the <laughs> game to sort of uh, take our attention away but no it was so amazing because we would drive the premise of the game if you have ever played it is that you would drive and there's all of the areas and all of the heads of the five families and you would go and you'd take over neighborhoods and you'd take over brooklyn and you'd take over yeah, you know and- little italy and everything else
1: this, it ta- this is how long ago it was. I remember that text messages were, had just sort of come out. Yes. And it was still, we still had to like pay per text message. How long well, and it was it.
0: also where you had to put the number, you know, if you wanted E, you had to hit, you know, yeah. you had to hit it exactly. like three times in a row. But so I would
1: get these messages from you. I would be at work and I'd, you know, hey, how you doing? I miss you because I was just, just homesick you know crazy homesick and i would get these text messages from you saying i'm about to take over the bronx you know the tatalias <laughs> are going down or whatever and i would show these messages to my co-workers and i don't know if they thought that i found a good one or if i was in some kind of trouble probably because without crazy. the context of the video game it's a little disturbing
0: yeah probably crazy probably crazy The dig in section. I know that you had something in particular that you wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah,
1: I've been triggered. I I have look, I have a number of pet peeve sort of things. As a unity really? person. I know, I know, it's crazy. As a unity person, I really try to be open and accepting. It's part of it. As a Christian, we're supposed to welcome the stranger and all of that. But I have to admit, I'm not there yet. yeah, uh, you know, I'm working on it. But right now, in my current phase of spiritual development, there are a number of phrases I hear that make me crazy. Now, you know that if you've been listening to this podcast. You know that if you've hung out with me at all. There are certain things. If you come up to me and you talk about sending energy somewhere, or if you talk about, you know, we're going to raise our level of vibration, you're going to get an eye roll from me. I can't help it because I think those things are, are silly. Now, look, here's my disclaimer. Here's my disclaimer, I'm not telling you that you're bad for believing that. I'm telling you that I don't get it, to the, and my puzzlement reaches a level of irritation. For one thing, it doesn't jibe with unity teachings, so if you come to me as a unity person saying something about vibrations, you might as well also be saying that we're all miserable sinners and worms of the dust, because theologically neither of those things fit. So, I'm going to go, what are you talking about? I'm really trying. Trying to be open and accepting. But the pet peeve phrase that has come up for me, and actually I saw it a couple of times in a row today on Facebook, and I knew, you know, I, I should not be stay on Stay
0: away from that know, stuff. Facebook gotta... is Facebook is yes. horrible. It's horrible. It,
1: I, I need to stay away from it, but... I'm torn about that. We should need to talk about social media and some other podcasts because there's pros and cons.
0: Seriously, you did it again? Yeah, you said, okay, our list so is, is 13. now... No, you, you say that every time and you make these promises to these people that are listening about... It's like a cliffhanger. About, uh, no, it's like a cliffhanger that never happens.
1: Do you know how good Stallone was in that movie? Anyway, um, Janine Tucker, Sister Stallone, um, uh, uh, John Lithgow, that other guy with the mustache. Anyway... Um, All I know about that is the parody from... Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. To When Nature Calls. Yeah, When Nature Calls. That's so sad that I (laughs) I could go all the way with you there. We're supposed to be together or we should never be together.
0: No, it's good. We we support each other's crazy.
1: So here's the pet peeve thing that has come up for me. I have heard a number of people use this phrase, prayer warriors. I've heard, okay, I need all my prayer warriors to round up, circle the wagons. I need to get my prayer warriors together on this thing because so-and-so you know is going through something.
0: All that makes me think of is that warriors come out and play. Yay. I
1: love that, but I think <laughs> the kind of people who say that wouldn't last too long. No, they would wouldn't. That would be like the, you know, the baseball furies and the uh, um and right? and the warriors, the, warriors. And the sensitive new age guys. Yeah, I don't think Oh, it's they work would out. get no, slaughtered. It would be bad. Yeah. Yeah. But no, um look once again, disclaimer, the kind of people who say that, first of all, if they're saying let's all pray about something, that's a
0: great thing. Mm-hmm.
1: And in general- Where two or
0: more are gathered.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's one of those things where probably they're talking about let's help somebody because X, Y, Z. That's great. I even like the concept that, that being a person in prayer means you're kind of a badass. I like that idea because- you know what? This spiritual life is not for wimps. This is a big deal. Being a unity person, being a Christian, means work. It means standing up for what you believe in. So I get that and I appreciate it. But the idea of prayer is an affirmation of unity. So what are you fighting about? Yeah, what are you Where, where's fighting? the war if right. you're a warrior? Right. I, I despair of the idea. And... It actually, the phrase I've heard it used a lot by new thoughty kind of people, new agey kind of people. But the truth is, that phrase comes about from evangelical Christianity,
0: but it's an oxymoron
1: to me. It is, yeah, it yeah. doesn't
0: fit. It's just like, okay, let me put my battle armor on and go out and you know, go to war. What
1: you know, no. what it makes me think of? I get the mental image, and I don't know why, but the connection in my subconscious comes out where. When I hear somebody say prayer warriors, I imagine someone at McDonald's eating something awful and going, I'm a foodie. It's like, no, you just eat a lot of junk. Just because you can't control yourself doesn't make you a foodie. There's an oxymoron there and you're just putting it out there in hopes that no one will notice maybe. I don't know. But if I am a person of prayer, the last thing that I am is a warrior.
0: You right? can stand
1: up for what you believe in and not have a conflict metaphor.
0: Well, yeah. I was just thinking of everybody that has ever used meditation or prayer effectively. So it conjures pictures of Nelson Mandela, mm-hmm. of Gandhi, of the Dalai Lama. Those, of you know, Jesus. of Jesus. Right. But I'm just, I'm just in, you know, recent yeah. cultural. Yeah, yeah aspects um i think of all those people and you don't think of them as warriors you think of them as strong and amazing and intelligent and determined but you don't think of them as warriors it's kind of like the opposite of what we're if you have to to commit
1: war you have lost
0: well you have an enemy
1: war here's the thing war is for wimps if you're warring Then you have given a certain measure of your power away and prayer is about a claiming or a unification with power so it is oxymoronic on a fundamental level it really bothers me you can't fight for peace right and that's the peace like i said it comes from an evangelical christian point of view and bless their hearts people who believe that way it is a valid belief system It is just not our belief system. If you believe that there's a fundamental duality, that there's good forces and bad forces, there's good guys and bad guys, it goes to a very bad place very quickly. But if you yeah,
0: I was gonna say I remember as a little kid that we even had a song about putting on the armor of the Lord Mm -hmm. and you did it piece by piece and you put on your Chest plate, and you put on your helmet, and you put on your boots, and and I can't remember the song. I'll have to look it up. I can't remember the song right now, but it's a very vivid memory of of singing that song. Well, and where that's you from were...
1: a Bible quote. But it's the thing is, if well, first of all, let me back up. Can you imagine Jesus walking around in a suit of armor?
0: Well, I can imagine
1: it, but it's not. It's a <laughs> silly. It's a silly. It's, it's, it's a silly not, not what I want. Jesus. Imagine yeah. Jesus. What is best in life? Um. It's, the the thing is, if God is everywhere, if good is everywhere, if we're talking about love, if we're in the unity business, then what in the world do you need to armor yourself from? And let me put that another way. I think that so often the problem in life, the problem from one religion to another, from one person to another, from one belief system or government or whatever, The problem is that people have too much armor on because if I think I have to protect myself, what I'm saying is that you are inherently other and in a dangerous way. And the fundamental moment of ethics, the defining characteristic of ethical behavior is my ability to welcome the stranger. So what I'm saying is let's take our armor off because for one thing, what are we afraid of we don't need any more prayer warriors because the thing that we come back to all the time is you're never going to get a real surprise you are never going to have an experience that defies your paradigm your worldview the the kind of things that you expect your prayer is your expectation that's what we say And so, I can pray all I want, but if my basic paradigm is duality, conflict, if that's at the heart of what I believe the world is made out of, I'm not going to get anything that's over and above that. It's not that I'm limiting God, and we've talked about this before. It's that I'm limiting my expectation of God. You know what I mean? And so, if I say, okay, prayer and love and peace, but war, duality, I diminish my capacity to receive. And so you can see why it's a pet peeve for me. If you have duality at the heart of your paradigm, you're probably doing more harm than good.
0: How do we express that and help people to get there? Because I don't think that they mean what they think they mean is that is that fair no, I think you know I, what I mean I, I think that yes. they're they're coming from oh this is a really cool sounding place and I don't think that they're really thinking about it I think that they are doing what you what you say they're doing I do think they, they're living in a place of duality mm-hmm. but so how can we take this little piece this little pet peeve right And say, okay, and obviously this podcast is helping a little bit to, you know, for the people that are listening to it, but how would you say to somebody, do you see what you're doing? Do you, I, you know what I mean? I don't know how to put that in a delicate way and I don't know how to make it in Easy to understand. Yeah,
1: and I appreciate that. I think it comes down to a couple things. Obviously, first of all, it really depends on who you're talking to and how much latitude you have in that conversation.
0: Well, and I think also it depends on their level of being able to hear.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, you got to really get it that with that person that there are some people that are fighting some kind of a prayer war because they think that, for example, the devil's on the other side of that. And okay.
0: Well, but I'm not talking about the talking evangelicals about, or the, you it. know, the hardcore Christian, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that come into our home or that we're sitting down at a restaurant with, with a suit of armor and a
1: sword, <laughs> <laughs> in the but
0: we haven't been to medieval times in a very long time. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Um,
1: I uh but no,
0: really, the people that are in our community in our circle,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how can we express to them in a loving way that they hear that that feels that what they're doing is probably you know, setting themselves up for more failure than right. they, than their success? I think do you know what it, I mean?
1: Yeah, I do, and I think that part of it comes down to being able to say, can we? Stand for something instead of against something.
0: But I think that they would agree with you. I think that that is absolutely the first step, and I think they would say, "Oh yeah, we're we're for this. We're for healing. We're for you know, um, curing illnesses, and you know, having people be okay. We're for that." So well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna play the role of 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 that person, right? And they would agree with you on that.
1: If you're standing for something, then you don't need to fight. If there's still fight in you, then no matter what words you use, you are actually standing against something. And you and I both know, because you've lived this in your life, fictional person, when you fight something, you give it your attention, you give it power, you give it the, the, the faith of your next moment. Because if I see you as an adversary, I am giving you that amount of power over what happens next in my life you know that because you've experienced it everybody knows what that's like the wind in the sails of the adversary is coming out of your lungs
0: so let's let's okay that's that's wonderful and i love that but what is a quick way of being able and and i'm i don't know that we can figure this out tonight on this podcast but what is a quick way that we can have a good response to that just like a little sound bite that we can say you know what, not going to be on the battlefield with you, but going to be right there, you know, holding good thoughts. Yeah, I think that... If, or just, you know what, something like that. Maybe we can come up with something along those lines. I think that, along once again, lines. I think
1: it depends on who you're talking to. I think that if you want to be bold, you can just say, you know what, I'm really not interested in war. Oh, that's not bad. And, well, 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 and then you got a chance to talk. It might be that depending on the person, you might just have to, like for example, if it's a Facebook post and you don't want to get into the mud with somebody on social media, which is never a good thing, you might just agree with the positive parts of it. So if somebody says, you know what, I'm gonna get, let's gather up all our prayer warriors because cousin Betty has a broken leg, it might be that in that moment all you can do is say, well, you know what, I see her healed and uplifted, and nothing can get in the way of her unfolding victory or whatever. So what you're really talking about is, in your words, I don't see an adversary. I don't, there's no war in me. But once again, it depends on the format, the venue, the person. But at the end of the day, the goal is to be able to say, look, let's stand up for love and truth. The love and truth that is already there. Let's really know that the only thing that can stop the free flow of God's life, for example, the free flow of miracles. The only thing that can stand in the way of that is me being stubborn and trying to do it my own way. So the last thing we need is warriors. What we need is people who can see and allow and agree with the real truth with a capital T. So how do you get to that place of agreement and unity? Depends on the situation. But like I said, I have no problem with saying to somebody like that, you know what, I'm just not interested in war.
0: See, I think that's real good. And I think this is a what would Jesus do moment. I really do. Because Jesus wouldn't back down. And he wouldn't care about the situation. <laughs> and he wouldn't care whether it was Facebook. And he wouldn't care where it was. It would just be the truth. Right. And, and- it would be the truth in, in the most loving beautiful way and not coming from an ego space where you're pissed off and you want to make sure that you know that that person is wrong and you you know that's not what I'm talking about but I think that's a
1: battle too well that's a
0: battle too exactly and so you're doing exactly what you know I'm gonna go show this person that they're wrong and that's the last thing you don't you don't want that icky stuff all over you anyway (laughs) but but what I'm saying what I think Jesus would do would be like no I'm not gonna do that. Not gonna join in your reindeer games because that's not how this that's not how we roll right, and I think it can be just as simple as that, and just just a beautiful, simple nope, I'm not interested in being a soldier or a warrior or anything. It feels kind of yucky to me i'm gonna I'm gonna do it my own way, and if you'd like to know what I do, then come along yeah, and I think that
1: can be the beginning of a conversation, but what the conversation ends up being about nine times out of ten is. There are those people who don't know that you can stand up for something without fighting. There are those people who think that the only option they have is allowing bad stuff or putting on your armor and taking up arms. They don't know that that's the the weakest way to stand up for something is with the, the thought of harm or conflict or someone winning and someone losing. The way to really stand up is so that we all can grow and benefit and and win. And in our culture, I don't know, maybe it is a cultural, societal thing. People don't know, a lot of people anyway, don't know that you can stand up and not fight.
0: Right. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, I don't know if if you've seen the cartoon or not, but there's two people and they're standing and on the ground is like a 6. It's like, you know, uh, you I don't know if you've seen it. Seen and it. one person is standing on one side and it looks like a 6 to them and the other person is standing on the other side and it looks like a 9 to them and there's like things are different depending on your perspective. And no. Somebody wrote that as a 6 or a 9. It's either a 6 or a 9. <laughs> so the truth is the truth is the truth. You know, and so I I Don't like the watered down version of, well, it just, no, there is the law. There is the truth. And just like in that cartoon, somebody that drew that six in the sand meant it to be a six. Just because you're standing and it looks like a nine to you doesn't make it a nine. You're allowed
1: to feel like it's a six or a nine. But there is a place where it's like maybe we're asking the wrong question because the question isn't right. how do you feel about it. The question is what is it? And it might mean you got to go figure out who wrote it or whatever. The thing is I think it's so easy to get caught up in the opinion of the moment. And you know what? All of those opinions are valid, but that doesn't get us anywhere. Well, you know what they say about opinions. <laughs> yes, I do. I have got one <laughs> of those too. But no, it, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's this idea of, We're just going to walk around validating each other all the time, and that's fine. But I didn't come here to be validated. I came to be challenged. I want to ask deeper questions. And to get to that kind of a depth, we have to put our egos aside. And war and fighting is 100% ego. It's about an, uh, an opinion winning over another opinion, a personality triumphing over another personality. And that is nothing like what we're here to do. So when someone says, I need my prayer warriors, I roll my eyes because I think, oh, gosh, your, your prayers aren't going to be very helpful. No. So I'll take it. It's a start. You know, and that's the thing. The first answer to all of this is to bless it. But let's go from there and go, you know what? You know how powerful you would be if you gave up the shield and the sword?
0: We're going into the listen-up section of the podcast, and you have a question, and I believe it's from S- Susan
1: S.? Yeah, Susan S. I love this. Thank you very much, Susan. This is a great question. And if you want to write us in with your questions, you know where to find us. UnitySociety.com is the place to start, and there's links to all of our other social media. We'll talk more about that in a minute, but that's the best place to start. Just go to UnitySociety.com and send us a message there. Susan S. says... In your opinion, how does somebody become a Christian? In your opinion, how does somebody become a Christian? Thank you, Susan. So what do you think about that, Jen?
0: Well, society's answer is going to be, are you baptized? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Sure. You know, have you done your first communion if you're Catholic, you know, and that's kind of... Did you dunk or
1: sprinkle? Of... Did you go to the right place at the right time? That kind of thing.
0: I've done... All of it. That's the thing. It's like I have been, quote unquote, saved so many times. I don't know what that says about me, but I am like, I am mega Christian. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous because of the way that I was brought up mm-hmm. and from all the religions that I was exposed to as a kid. But man, I have been I have been dunked several times because what's so funny about that is that every church that we would go to they wouldn't really believe you that you were baptized um
1: even though you said oh yeah i'm baptized oh, no, you, you know gotta, whatever you gotta do but it if they their didn't way. do it
0: in their ceremonial thing you weren't so there's so, a
1: very strict procedure involved in wherever you've been and everybody else is the spiritual equivalent of of a quack
0: right but i think you know obviously that's what you know mainstream christian sort of stuff would say for me Being a Christian means that I see Jesus' stories and Jesus' life as the best example of how to move through this world. And that doesn't take away anything from Muhammad or Buddha or anything, I think, or any of the other prophets that, that you see. But for me, I think what makes you Christian is trying your level best to follow the example of Jesus. So
1: for you it doesn't have to do with a particular ceremony or a pronouncement or an organization.
0: No, not really. I mean obviously that wouldn't for me because
1: clearly that's I've done it I've done everything.
0: It's like that part in the mummy where he's got all the necklaces on and he's speaking the different (laughs) languages. Well you know that's that's what I I feel like sometimes. There
1: are some people that just try to make sure that they're they gave it the office of every church. You know, so if I'm wrong, it's the other end of Pascal's wager. But I love your formulation of that, and it reminds me of one of my favorite parts of Scripture. It's John 8, 31 and 32. And this is the one where Jesus says, If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So Jesus says, basically, continue in my word. Do this stuff. Live this. And the word, word, is very important because as we know when we read scripture, that magic W word doesn't just mean the words that I say or that Jesus said or that anybody says. It means something inside of you that's so powerful it has to come out. When we read in the beginning of the, the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the word and everything that was made was made through the power of the word and nothing was made without the power of the word and so on and so forth. The idea is it's not just verbalizations but rather... This inner thing that is so powerful, this knowing that is so powerful, it has to come out. And everybody who's ever felt love, for example, knows what that's like. But anything like that, art, beauty, truth, truth with a capital T. So if you continue in this word, in other words, if you have this inner experience that is so profound that you do something about it. So yeah, you know what, those ceremonies are beautiful because, as we've said, A ritual is an outer pronouncement of, I mean it, and there's something great about that. But it ain't about Sunday morning. The idea is, do you live this? Do you continue in his word? Then you're a disciple. Then you're a Christian. And the benefit is, if you live that way, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In other words, you'll know it when you see it, if you practice it. It's about practicing these principles. It's about doing something about it. And now we can get into the unity idea. There's three reasons why we call ourselves Christians. You know, there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians, and they all have a right to do it. We're not in the business of saying, you're not a true Christian. Doesn't matter to us. There's lots of different kinds of Christians, and a snake-handling Christian is just as legitimate of a Christian as the Pope as Charles Fillmore.
0: You know where that snake handling thing comes from? It comes from Mark. And I was actually watching it on the History Channel today. It's <laughs> fascinating. We're going to have to talk about it the other time, and I cannot find the scripture right now. But it was very cool and very crazy.
1: Well, but you know what? A lot of religions have something that's pretty nutty. And there's a real beautiful thing if you go, you know what? You've got some things that seem nutty to secular people, too we can come together in the knowing that we're talking about something that is not of the material world and so material people are going to go, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah. No, this one guy had been bitten like something like 80 times. So maybe he's not
1: doing it right.
0: Well, no, because the whole point is that God saw him through everything. Oh, so no you medical, the venom, but no, you're cool. Well, no, you're not supposed to get bit is my understanding. But if you do, God's supposed to see you through. And apparently, but his hands were all really kind of messed up. I think I'm going to
1: get into poodle handling <laughs> Christianity.
0: <laughs> but do you know that to this day, West Virginia is the only state that you can legally do snake handling in as part of your religion. Every other state has outlawed it. Wow, isn't that interesting? Anyway, again, there go my
1: ideas for my new snake handling unity center here in St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth. My point of all of that was that if you call yourself Christian, you have a right to do so. And you know what? I think the world is a better place when. People in it are doing their best to follow the Christ according to the highest of their conscience. Conscience. People are doing their best to follow the Christ according to the highest of their conscience. That's great. Everybody has a right to do that. In unity, the way that we do it is three things. We believe in Jesus, we believe in Christ, and we believe in Jesus Christ if you've been around unity at all you've heard this before we believe in Jesus the person in history who did those things we know that the Bible isn't a videotape we understand that some things were nuanced and all of that sort of thing but in general we believe in the historical person Jesus we're also Christians because we believe in the Christ and you know that Christ wasn't Jesus's last name it wasn't like he had a cousin named Billy Christ it was (laughs) that the word Christ means the anointed one the special one so in other words We're Christian because we believe in the man, Jesus. We're Christian because we believe in this concept of the Christ, this divine spark. Paul said, Christ in you, your hope of glory. This thing that we all have, our divine inheritance, you know, that image and likeness piece of us, the truth that never changes. And finally, the third thing is we're Christian because we believe in Jesus, we believe in Christ, and we believe in Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. In other words, Jesus is the hero of our story because he is the best example we have of what it looks like when that divine potential, the Christ, is lived in the life of one individual, Jesus. And so that's how we're Christian, but what makes us a Christian is to live up to that potential too. We call Jesus our teacher, like the disciples. So they used the word rabbi, which means teacher. We call him our elder brother, our shower, because he chose the way. Remember, he said, the works I do, you shall do also. And over and over again, he basically told the disciples, would you please get off your butts and do something about this?
0: I think that's a very good answer.
1: For our Check It Out segment of our show, and this is the part where we talk about the places that we're going to go and the things that we're going to do, uh, I want to let you know that on March 30th, we're going to be doing another live episode of the Truth Transforms radio show.
0: That was so much fun. I'm so looking forward to it. And if you listen to this podcast and you can tune in live, they'll give you a number that you can call and ask us questions as we're talking about stuff. It would be so awesome if some of our listeners could do that. Yeah. I would really, really dig that. That would be neat.
1: That is, is, uh, once again, that's March 30th. That's a Thursday. And it is um, from 11 to 12 noon Eastern time. And once again, you can call in. We would love that. If you just go to unity.fm and look for Truth Transforms, you can find all the information there.
0: And then on April 2nd, we will be speaking at Unity of Sebring.
1: Yeah, looking forward to that. And then April 7th through the 9th is our spring gathering. And once again, it's not too late to register. Go to events dot I am unity dot org to find out the details to download the flyer to register the whole thing it's gonna be so much fun it's gonna be in Ocala Florida and we're gonna do a service project up at unity of Gainesville
0: and then uh, we're back for Easter and on April 16th at Stroud Park at 630 we'll be doing the sunrise service for Easter I'm really looking forward to that I'm
1: looking forward to that too because you know obviously Easter has been a big part of my life all along because I'm a preacher's kid and all of that And so I've seen the big Easter, you know, where we rent out a giant facility. You know, one time we did Ruth Eckert Hall, which is a giant auditorium in Clearwater, Florida. And uh, it's awesome. There's something really beautiful about that. But I have to tell you that my heart is in the small gathering. And so it's been a beautiful opportunity. Reverend Temple at first unity asked if we would do the sunrise service and once again at six thirty at stroud park in downtown st petersburg florida the finest city on the face of the earth and it's i don't know how many people it's probably going to be 50 60 70 people something like that mm-hmm. and i'm doing the lesson and and you jenny and our kids miles and reina are going to be part of the service and i think it's mostly going to be just the four of us i think it's going to be a von trapp family <laughs> christmas but uh, i'm looking forward to that kind of a gathering i think it speaks more to what that first easter might have been like you know what i mean there's a piece of that that really has my heart and the sun's going to come up in the middle of all of that and it's going to be so cool i love just being in the middle of our city yeah too yeah i'm looking
0: forward to it so if you're in town or if you want more information just give us a holler and we'd love to see you if you're
1: if you're around yeah and you can find out that once again that's unitysocietycom slash events and you can also go to first unity Dot org to find out about that easter one and then finally on uh, april 23rd we're doing the sunday service at unity of sarasota and that's going to be great
0: yeah you can always find us on our social so, you can always find us on social media that's facebook instagram twitter and our handle is always at the unity society so come find us there my personal instagram is jenny a randolph
1: and I'm on Instagram as Dieter underscore Randolph, and I'm on Twitter as just at Dieter.
0: So we hope that you'll come and find us there and leave your questions or comments and just connect with us because we love connecting with our listeners. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, we've, it's been really cool that so many people have written to us and reached out to us in all of the various ways. We're easy to get a hold of. Once again, UnitySociety.com, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. It's been really nice and the thing about this podcast is we don't get to see you you know and so there's this beautiful kind of community that is forming beyond any kind of physical boundaries and we'd love for you to be a part of that as it emerges and we're coming up with new ways for us to reach out and connect and so be a part of the unfolding.
0: So, Dieter, (laughs) let's uh, wrap it up.
1: (laughs) Being a Christian has very little to do with what other people say about you. Isn't that really kind of what Jesus was getting at anyway? Being a Christian has everything to do with who you are on the inside and what you do about it. Because we really believe that we're part of something bigger, something awesome, something without exception and without adversary. And that's why you don't need to fight. You know, there are people that are busy putting on armor and when they go to church, they treat their church like it's a sanctuary against the whole rest of the world. But we are called upon to go out into the world and to love out loud and to live on purpose, to show the world what it's like to not be afraid. And it's not the big demonstrations. It's just the everyday moments where we demonstrate to the world that, you know what? You don't have to fear. You don't have to hurt. And we don't need people to go door to door, but what we do need is for people to show in small ways that it's okay. That you can choose life and love and freedom and that there's no more room for war. Don't have it in your heart and you won't have it in your life. And for Pete's sake, don't have it in your prayers anymore
0: this podcast is recorded
1: at pinfeather Studios and our amazing sound engineer is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph she's 50 percent in the music and the other 50 percent is the lovely and talented miles Randolph
0: this podcast is supported by you our listeners
1: and you know what that means what it means is spread the word tell other people about it if If you got anything at all out of this, tell somebody else what you got out of it. Share it with other people. We're trying to build a a whole community here. And so send an email, tweet a link. You can go to unitysociety.com slash podcast and just share that. That's a great page where people can see recent episodes and listen along. But the best thing you can do to support us is to go wherever you listen to this podcast. Usually that's iTunes, but there's a lot of places. Wherever you're listening to this right now, and there's a way to to write us a review. And I'm asking for a five-star review because the magical fairies and goblins that make iTunes work see those five stars, and they promote the podcast for us. And that helps us make a difference in the world. So thank you in advance for writing that review, for spreading the word. And thanks for sending in your questions. We love to know what you want to know.
0: Have a beautiful, wonderful, awesome week. Thanks for listening.